what's totally nice about this is that all the nervousness is going away because I'm not the fuck up of the group. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to a 4x4, 4x4 Radio Network podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show. With Wendy, there will be body damage. Jock. I like making people laugh. That's it's good for my soul. Jock. Yeah, I don't think so. And I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. I don't think I've ever heard anybody say soul like that. It was like a prolonged soul. It was like the soul <laughs> was like entering or leaving the building. Uh, but uh, I'm got. Than others, <laughs> definitely nobody. You don't talk at this point. It's just me talking, Chuck. So anyway, <laughs> poor Chuck. He's got a lot to learn. <laughs> He's going to pay me back. I guarantee exactly. you. So uh, as you can tell, we've got uh, Chuck on the show tonight. It's it's his first episode on the show, and uh, we're looking forward to having many future episodes with Chuck. And I think you will be too, as uh, as soon as you get to know Chuck. The Zoom people already know Chuck, and they are very excited to to have him join the show. So no pressure, Chuck. So I, I just like to say, it doesn't matter if you have a Jeep, want a Jeep, or never driven anything but Jeeps. Man, I got to rewrite that. Uh, this show is for you, Josh, uh, Chuck, Wendy, and myself are here to inform and entertain you while we talk about Jeeps. Well, here we go, Jeeper. I'm Josh, and on this episode of the Jeep Talk Show, Jeep has a new special edition, and it falls short of its goal. All got all the details there. We'll go over that in a minute. A famous Jeep from SEMA could be yours. I'll tell you how coming up here in just a little bit. And later, I've got a new must-have for any Jeeper with a spare tire carrier. Well, howdy, it's Wendy, and today I'm sharing a three-part series on using a spotter, and oh boy, is it filled with all kinds of info and tips. <laughs> well... This is Chuck. Now, I don't know what the hell I'm doing right now. So, I'm just going to do it like I normally do it while I'm wheeling. I'm just going to wing it. So, let's have fun. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Chuck. Hey, I'm Tony. And do you remember I when I gave Josh a hard time about a short antenna for a Jeep? Well, I got one for the 2021 Jeep Talk Show Gladiator. And I'll tell you why in tonight's Gladiator segment. It's just to piss me off. I know. <laughs> <laughs> somebody, somebody was reminding me that uh, uh, it was actually Chris. Uh, Chris reminded me. He says the most downloaded episode was the one whenever I had uh, Hosh Nazi, the yeah. amateur radio guy, on talking about antenna links and its importance. And I had <laughs> forgotten all about that. And he says he says it was a great conversation with uh, with uh, Josh and Josh going back and forth about the antenna stuff. And, uh, we, uh, you know, I, I, it's, so, it's so strange. I didn't think uh, – I had forgotten completely about that, and, and Chris, Chris reminded me of it. Anyway, uh, we're going to talk to Chuck here a minute. Uh, Chuck, you're on deck. No, actually, you're at the plate and uh, getting ready to swing. So, Chuck, tell people uh, – I guess we'll start with uh, where you're located in the country. Uh, north – what is it? Northeast Kansas. Yep. I'm here in Northeast Kansas. But that's not where you're God's from. God's country. Yeah, that's not where you're from originally, though, right? No, originally I'm from uh, the Sacramento Valley. Yeah, a little town south of Sacramento is where I come from. Uh, Mom and Dad still live there. And uh, spent most of my time in uh, the El Dorado Hills, or mm. what's called Desolation Wilderness, which a lot of people would know that as the iconic Rubicon Trail. Good. Uh, yeah. my uh, stomping grounds as well. And, wow. and yeah. you, and you videos to prove it. yeah, and you like to say that uh, you've been wheeling for forty years, and you're only about that age. So you literally drove out of the vagina wheeling. <laughs> oh, jeez! Literally, yeah. 
true true story. I'm 44 years old. I've been jeeping for you're far, 43, 43 years old. <laughs> I'm 43. 43. Yeah. Been jeeping for 44. Um, mom had me in her belly, and then uh, when we were wheeling, I was actually bottle broke on Barrett Lake Trail. True wow. story. I was being a little punk ass kid in the back, you know, and I was throwing my bottle out. And my dad. He looked at me and he says, you throw that bottle out one more time and that's it. We're leaving it. Of course, they didn't leave it. The Jeep behind yeah. them got it. But I threw it out. But as far as you going. knew, it was gone. When yeah. Got, <laughs> yeah. When we got home, we went back to the ranch house, you know, and, and I was bot, bot, bot. You know, I want my bot. And everyone was like, no, dummy. Yeah. <laughs> you threw it out there you on the trail. Away. Get it yourself. Yeah. You know? It's gone. Yeah. See you later. Well, that's, it's gone. that's the direction I was going with that, because that's I think that's probably one very impressive thing to so many people. I mean, you started out wheeling on the Rubicon Trail. That that's amazing. Yeah. That is amazing. Yeah. So I, I actually not when uh, when I got stationed out here, I, I actually got stationed in Kansas because of Fort Riley. And uh, so when I was coming across, you know, I didn't even know where Kansas was because I, I knew California. I knew Oregon, knew Nevada. You know, I knew Arizona, but I didn't know anything on the east side of the Sierra Nevadas. So when I got stationed out here, my wife was driving, you know, we're in her, her little car and we're coming out here and I'm looking in the rearview mirror, looking in, in the back and I go, I can still see the Rockies. And she laughed. She says, we have eight hours to drive. And I was like, well, the Rockies are kind of big. <laughs> like, when I see them? She said, no, dummy. So we come out here in Kansas, there's no public lands. There's like one little four wheel drive park. Oh. And it, it's called Randolph, and it's real, real neat. But I'm used to the Rubicon. I'm used to Fordyce. I'm used to Barrett Lake. I'm used to these million-acre, you know, places where you can get in your Jeep and get lost in a couple weeks. Right, never right get here, found. You, you go to these parks, and yeah, I mean, when do you know? I mean, you mm-hmm. down south. I mean, you can just go forever yes. and never hit the same place twice. And then you come to this place. And you're like, holy crap, you know, who's going to drive around the same, you know, 300 acres all day long? Like, this is dumb. Yeah. So I looked at my wife. And I says, you know, hey, we just got to buy a bunch of land, you know, and I just made my own, oh, you know, cool. with, the, with the cattle ranch and everything. And and uh, it, I had no idea growing up because, you know, we didn't have a lot of money. We, we always had money for jeeping. We always had money for <laughs> I beer. I love that. But we, never, <laughs> but we never had a lot. And I didn't know that we were, you know, we weren't destitute or anything, but we didn't have a lot. I didn't know that. But I didn't know the freedom that we really had in dad's old Jeep. You know, you throw you know, some eggs and some bacon in the cooler and you throw your beer and you just kind of go and you just went camping for an entire week in the back of CJ5. And then now, you know, plus 30 something years and I've got my own CJ and good luck. You know, there, it's just the freedom just really isn't there here. It, this, it, it's such a woods. great lifestyle I, too. Lucky. Whenever you can get out and do stuff like that, it's such a great lifestyle. And and you still have that same uh, feeling, the, the same uh, feel about Jeeps as you did uh, back when you were a kid. Because if you guys don't remember, uh, Chuck came to our uh, second annual Jeep Talk Show event uh, here uh, in uh, I think it was June fourth uh, when Josh came down. So this is the same yep. Chuck that drove the eighteen wheeler down with the the four. Uh, all metal jeeps and you'll be hearing more about all metal jeeps uh, repeatedly from chuck because he don't like none of that plastic stuff uh and no. uh and I, there's nothing wrong with that i, I mean i like the old uh, the old uh, uh late 60s uh, vehicles and that was much more metal than it was plastic my dad uh, actually mentioned he goes uh, all the plastic that's coming on the vehicles these days it's just not gonna they're not gonna last so 
uh, I, I understand that uh, that thought process very well. So, so Chuck, uh, if uh, if you don't mind, give people an idea uh, what you do for for a living. Um, you, uh, you you uh, you watch a you poke a cow or tool too. Is that is that a correct way of saying it as a cowboy? Yeah. So yeah, well we're, we're multifaceted here. You know, we're we got lots of depth. So uh, I own a working cattle ranch. So uh, we have uh, registered Black Angus. And um, we're actually bringing some Simmental breed into our Black Angus to give them a little bit more of a bigger rear end. Any cattle people out there will understand the difference between a Simmental and a Black Angus. But, uh, yeah, we, um, we have a working cattle ranch. I got a couple guys working it, a couple cowboys. Uh, no horses because horses like to kick people off or Jeeps. They just keep going, you know, especially the older ones. And then uh, to pay for all of my Jeeps and pay for the cattle ranch, uh, I own a construction company. And uh, we do a little bit of that. Mostly we, we like to work on the ranch, though. And uh, we're about to start hay season. Hay season starts, uh, I think, the middle in, or the uh, end of next week. So we do about 4,500 acres of hay total. So that keeps us pretty busy. And, uh, and your, uh, your, beloved, your beloved Jeep is the Scrambler. What year your Scrambler is that? Uh, it's a 1981. It's the first year that they made the CJ8 Scrambler, and it's uh, it's really the first Jeep truck, not like a, a J10 or J15 right. or J20, but I it was, was actually a CJ say. that they extended the back end and gave it a half cab. It's a giant piece of junk, but uh, <laughs> Scrambler. So my wife understands my love of Jeeps, and my goal is to have the first year of every model from 1941 all the way up to 1981. And I've got quite a bit of them. We, we have about eight Jeeps right now. And most of the Jeeps that I own are the first produ production year of them. Wow. So when uh, I got a phone call, uh, I, I used to get phone calls a lot from around the nation because I, I know a lot of people and they know I'm a Jeep guy. I've been a Jeep guy my whole life. So an uh, individual down the road, he called me and he says, hey, I got an 81 Scrambler that my buddy is selling. Do you want to buy it? And I said, yes. <laughs> he said, do you want to see it? I go, no. No, I'll buy it. You're supposed because to say, is it red? That's the first thing you say, uh, Chuck. Yeah. But, but but the point being, yeah, though, this Scrambler know. is a working vehicle. You use this on the, the ranch probably every day. So not yeah, only do you wheel it, you wheel it on your on your property and uh, and poke them cows with it. So anyway, we're going to be getting a lot yeah. more information from Chuck as the, as the show goes forward. He's going to be here. Uh, every week on our Friday and uh, Monday episodes. So uh, we hope you're going to enjoy uh, Chuck as much as uh, we have in the Discord uh, server and in the Zoom room. And again, Chuck, thanks for joining us. And I mean, it's it, it was amazing that with all the stuff you had uh, you have going on that you wanted to take time to be part of the show. And uh, we really appreciate it. Yeah, I can't believe you. It's an honor to be here. <laughs> he lost a bet. I, he hasn't told me. But I know he lost <laughs> a bet with somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it, you found out. Local Jeep News, National Jeep News, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. Well, Jeeper, say hello to the Freedom Edition. Hello. Yeah, again. The official holiday may be over, but the Freedom Celebration lasts year-round with the Freedom Package for the 2023 Jeep Wrangler and Gladiator, a military-themed limited edition that's available for order in late July for a limited time and appropriately arriving in dealerships just in time for Veterans Day. Unfortunately, this latest Freedom Edition package doesn't now, and well, never has really, come draped in stars and stripes, but it 
does have a handful of subtle interior and exterior additions to set these Jeeps apart from the others. Plus, Jeep makes a, makes a small donation with each purchase to honor servicemen and servicewomen. Available only for the Wrangler and Gladiator Sport S trims, just two notches up from the base Sport, the Freedom Edition packs some patriotic-like capability and style cues. For instance, the Freedom Editions come equipped with a winch-capable steel front bumper, winch is sold separately, of course, steel rock rails, an LED lighting package, body color fender flares, black wheels, black accents, leather-trimmed cloth seats, and black accent stitching. And as far as I can tell, it comes in the standard Freedom Edition silver-gray color like all the other Freedom Editions before it. So, where's the salute to the military, one might ask? Well, it's subtle, to say the least. An Oscar Mike badge on the rear tailgate, swing gate, and an American flag decal on the side, just above the Jeep logo, are pretty much all the distinguishing features that you're going to see on the outside. That's it. Two stickers, basically. That's mm -hmm. all Jeep thought was worthy of doing to pay homage to Old Glory and those who have served. You ask me, it's disappointing. But what should you expect from a company who's owned by the French? <laughs> As a bonus, or to save face, I'll let you be the judge, Jeep commits to donate $250 to military charities with every Freedom Edition Jeep sold. What? Yeah, not what I call going out of the way either. At least yeah. someone at Jeep thought so as well. So for any and all active and recently retired service members, you will qualify for a $500 military bonus cash. Freedom ain't free, and that's never been more true for, well, just about everything in today's world. The freedom treatment for the 2023 Jeep Gladiator and Wrangler ain't free either, so expect to pay an additional $3,295 wow. premium if you want to park one of these Jeeps in your driveway. Are you serious? For two for two stickers? For basically two <sighs> stickers, some rock rails, and a bumper. Uh, and probably... And, uh, <laughs> sorry. It's an ugly silver color, too. That's the only I'm color you can get? I'm speechless. I, I believe so. <laughs> I believe so. So yeah, I, I I mean when I said falling short, um, oh. I was kind of being generous there. This this is probably the you guys biggest freedom edition I've ever seen. So they yeah. need to change that badge I, I, I to <laughs> they need to change that badge to what is it, whiskey, tango, foxtrot? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah, Oscar Mike means on the move, which is retarded, right? right? I mean, that's not what you do in the military. But anyhow, I can say that I am completely honored that Jeep did this for us. <laughs> I am blown away. They're only charging us $3,200, but they're giving us 500 back. I, I know, mean, look at all the money we're back. saving. It's Thank a profit you. deal. And, but wait, and, and they're only donating 250 to the charity as opposed to like the other way around. Don't you think they should be doing 1000 well, or 1500 to charity? It's more than the red Jeep. So, so if you I, buy a red Jeep, two hundred fifty dollars doesn't go to the military. <laughs> so, uh, Dude, I don't saying. know if this has anything to do. Did you guys see anything? I, I know we don't get political on here, but did you guys ha see anything about the celebrities that were poo pooing July Fourth and playing it down and being anti-American? I wonder if that yeah. sentiment is a concern for uh, the, the the overlords at Jeep, and that's the reason why they didn't want to put too much USA here, you know, because USA is bad. Uh, you know if, what? If you if, guys didn't know. If you're anti guns, then you should not be celebrating the Fourth of July because it's oh, because of the people who had those guns who made it possible mm -hmm. for us to have freedom. So, yeah. So uh, who cares? Celebrity who? Who cares? I don't care. Oh, right. I know. Amen. Yeah. Well, here's a Jeep that uh, got some stuff for guns for you, and uh, mm. and it can be yours too. And it's actually a little bit famous as well. 
Now, each year, the vast majority of major manufacturers and aftermarket outfits use the annual SEMA show, Specialty Equipment Manufacturers Association, to debut their latest and greatest custom builds. One such project is a heavily kitted, spare no expense, money was no object, Jeep Gladiator Overland build that, well, after being featured at SEMA, has now been listed on eBay. The insanely well-equipped Gladiator is well-hooked up with a gigantic amount of upgrades both inside and out. This includes KMC hex beadlock forged and machined wheels wrapped in massive 40-inch Toyo AT tires pushed by a custom two-piece drive shafts front and rear. It's all hooked up to a 5-inch metal cloak lift kit with their patented six-pack shocks giving the Jeep the articulation to make it all work. The body has rubble off-road roof rack up top, bed rack in the back with a tent, and bed rails all locking down a pair of Pelican cargo boxes, Pelican gun and camera cases, mounted Rotopacks gas and water packs, two CO2 tanks, and a pair of Max Tracks recovery boards, just because. Up front, the Gladiator sports a 15,000-pound winch, Baja Designs LED auxiliary lights, and custom limb risers. The aft end of the truck also has been bestowed with a motorcycle carrier that now houses a Rocon trail breaker. You don't know what those things are? Well, picture those awesome little two-stroke mini bikes from the 60s and 70s with the fat tires, but give it a modern-day suspension and a full-time front and rear-wheel drivetrain with 14 inches of ground clearance and capable of climbing 60% grades while traversing the Rocky Mountains. Yeah, if Jeep built motorcycles, they'd be something like these Rocon trail breakers. If the, the interior of the Jeep has uh, received an equally involved transformation as well with the Midland CB radio setup. Uh, PRP comp leather and suede off-road race seats and another slew of Pelican items, not to mention a whole host of gear mounting racks and boards throughout the cabin. In total, nearly $160,000 has been invested into the build, with $56,000 allotted for the price of the truck itself. Over $85,000 in parts went into this and around $18,000 in labor, installation, and paintwork. And that's all before considering any of the project management, legwork, legal work, research, and all that that went into bringing this ambitious overlander to life. Now, after being displayed at SEMA, the rig also spent another six months being further tuned and dialed in. Now standing as a bona fide professional grade overlander and off-roader, this SEMA shown 2020 Jeep Gladiator Overland rig is available now on eBay with a buy it now price of just $137,500. That's a bargain. The sale also includes an optional fully restored matching Rokon 2x2 trail breaker motorcycle for an additional $8,500. That's nuts. God. So I'm a little curious, though, why they're not raffling this off to recoup some of that expense. They could donate it to charity. Hey, how about the military charity? I was going to say, yeah, why don't they raffle it off and give it to the military, at least $250 worth of it? Oh, well, I'm just saying the the price. All right. It's just going to be an outright sale and somebody's going to cash that check. So I know, but they had a perfect opportunity to do something charitable. Good Lord. Could you imagine driving this fat uh, B word around this thing? Good Lord. It looks nice. But why in the world do you need uh, steps to get to the roof uh, on both doors? (laughs) I mean, it's like, do they come come in a four pack or no, those, I think those come off. Oh, they just flip up. No, that you bolt them into the thing. And yeah, I mean, they're they're just replacement hinges with a built in step. I've actually showcased those on uh, the must have item of the week for Mm -hmm. your Jeep uh, on on the show before. It's a cool Uh, idea, but, but I don't know that they need one on the front and back door. 
Well, you know, one for the back to get towards the back uh, of the, uh, you know, you're right, Tony. It, it is just, They loaded I mean, this thing up is about, what I'm saying. Everything about this yeah. Jeep is, is pretty much overkill. It's been overbuilt. It's, it's I mean, everything it's is. It's a showpiece. It's never going to see off-road. And, and if it's a showpiece, why not red? I mean, it, red really shows up really, really well. <laughs> no. Because uh, it just doesn't. Uh, it doesn't work. <laughs> Sorry. I got to work in three more red references in this uh, this episode. <laughs> Oh, quote get it open. <laughs> Can you just yeah, get it red, 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 red. Okay, done. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. I'll speak for the general populace. <laughs> like we're get it over with. So oh, by the way, Chuck, there's dollars in parts. By the, just, way, I know. by the way, Chuck, there's a there's a uh, look at that line in your contract about uh, painting your scrambler red. Just the same. <laughs> just two more. Just two Oops. more. <laughs> I was. I, I must have had too much beer that day. I don't remember. Yeah. Oh, the beer yeah. was totally involved in getting you on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know. Anyway, Josh, eighty-five thousand dollars in parts. Could you imagine? Wouldn't that just be fun to order and to see it come in? It'd be like Christmas. That's what I'm saying. I mean, can you imagine the brown Santa showing up and, yeah. and one box after another, <laughs> just and it's just like the, the smile whole truck and trailer. I want it all. And yeah. you hear him shot because he shot himself yeah. in the head after delivering right. it all. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't want to do this again, you yep. bastards. Uh, I'm. I'm laughing. It's only eighteen thousand dollars in labor. Who is the sorry sap that had to build this thing when they make eighteen thousand dollars? Yeah, yeah. Like that, right. Yeah. That I, I was looking at that too. I was like, eighteen thousand in labor. Oh, they they got the labor cheap. Yeah, <laughs> was a minimum wage yeah. they're paying. Christ. Yeah, that's right. Because that, parts usually don't uh, go up anywhere close to what the labor does. So. Yeah. So, so I'm just going to put it out there. If any one of our listeners buys this off of eBay, you need to let us know that you bought it. Give us some pictures. I was just thinking, oh. you know, I'm running it down, but if somebody l- listener buys it and wants to give it to me, I'll take it. Uh, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> proud. <laughs> not red. No, absolutely. They want to donate it to the show. I mean, we'll put. No, uh, no. We'll, I said me, uh, not the show. It's just like no, the 2021. I'm, I'm, no, wait a minute. No, no, no. We're, we're going to share <laughs> the next one. You already have a gladiator. No, that's right. It would be worth getting. We we make Chuck take it and drive it around. It would be so much fun listening to a bitch about the plastic vehicle. I would just take it right to the bulls and just let the bulls beat the crap out of it. And then it'd be like, oh, now this thing is sexy because it's got some dents in it. It's got some scratches, little bull shit on it. You oh, know? their listeners are going, finally, we got a damn jeeper on the show. Yeah, I don't know fancy stuff that you grease all the wheels so they shine like that's not oh. a g <laughs> uh, this thing needs some battle scars it, it needs it needs a little bit of dirt on it and stuff i mean clearly it's 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 been set up and, and detailed and everything uh you know for the sale uh, it's never I, gonna I, see dirt i can tell you that when, when i when i read six months of additional tuning and, and dialing in and everything like that i read wheeling the piss out of it so <laughs> yeah i I bet you they got the sniper kit on it and they couldn't quite get it to work right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sell the damn thing. That's <laughs> right. Get rid of it. We're done. <laughs> the damn sniper Funny. kit. Well, if anybody is listening to, uh, to this that that buy that has bought this, uh, well, by all means, you need to reach out to the show. Let us know. We've got a lot of questions for you. Exactly. In the meantime, if you've got a news tip or response to any one of our stories, please let us know what you have to say. You can do it by any number of ways. Phone, email, all sorts of ways. Just head over to Jeep Talk Show dot com slash contact to find out all the different ways you can reach out and interact with the show you're listening to a 4x4 radio network podcast hey and don't forget to tell your friends about the 4x4 radio network as well we've got something for all kinds of wheelers out there it doesn't matter what you drive the center steer podcast the on the trail podcast 
Trail Chasers, the 4x4 podcast, even the Jeep Talk Show is there. We've got something for every flavor of Wheeler out there, and it's all for free. And it's all in one place. It's the web's only spot that you can get the world's best off-road podcast all in one place. It's number four, the letter X, and the number four, radionetwork.com. That's 4x4radionetwork.com. We'll see you there. So you guys remember, I think it was last Friday's show that we were talking about uh, the um – uh, the TJ wouldn't start because of the yeah your uh, daughter's uh, your daughter's uh, yeah uh, t- right. having an issue with the uh, 2005 with the TJ mm-hmm. and uh, the it was the the clutch uh, safety uh, disconnect or whatever it's called uh, and uh, I found that there was a, a fuse holder a place uh, in the fuse holder where you could uh, put in a fuse and bypass that thing and that's uh, that's what she's been driving it just fine now since then and uh, we weren't sure why Jeep actually put that in there so we got several calls. Uh, from uh, b- between then and now, and uh, this is uh, the, one of the first ones uh, from George. Hey guys, this is George from Northern California. I was listening to your latest episode when you were talking about the clutch disconnect uh, used in the TJ. I actually did that on my daughter's '99 TJ, um, and I've had three CJs in my Jeeping career, and obviously none of them have that uh, clutch safety switch, and I was taught when I was young quite a while ago uh, to actually do what Tony said, which is if you're off-road in a steep or rocky section and you don't want to roll back um, playing with the clutch, just start it in gear with low range. Obviously, in low range, you need low gears for this to work smoothly on your drivetrain, and uh, I've actually done it in my Scrambler a few times. And, uh, but I'm down at 125 to one crawl ratio. So it actually works nice. really well. Just, you want to stop, turn the key off. You want to start, turn the key on. And there's no drama with it. But anyway, just thought I would send that your way. You guys have a good, uh, good holiday on the 4th of July. Keep those episodes coming. Love them. Take care. Well, Chuck, I know you and I talked about this uh, offline, off the not on the show, and uh, you kind of confirmed what I figured it must be, where you can uh, just start it up while you're climbing up something or through something. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, that's how Dad taught us. Yeah, he I said, uh, keep your left foot on the floor and uh, don't do not put your left foot on the clutch. He mm-hmm. says, if you're low enough, which most CJs are, you're low enough range, then you just turn it and just key it and bump start it and keep going. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Most TJs came with a 355 to 1 in the differentials, a uh, 273 to 1 in the transfer case. I mean, certainly not I what I would call ultra low range on that. And they didn't come uh, stock with a high torque starter in most applications either. And so, I mean, yes, I could, I, could, I could see how this could work in some situations, certainly not all. But I can't believe that that was the, the design intent behind the engineering behind this. I don't know. I mean, a 373 gear is pretty, pretty common. And a two to one in a in a CJ is very common, right? I mean, they four to one only comes in the Dana three hundred, and you have to actually have to put that in. So a two to one transfer case is very very common in three seventy threes. I mean, they put those in a lot of the three speed Jeeps. So I don't know. I I think it I think, I think it might be. I don't know any of the plastic Jeep stuff, but I. I'll have to I'll have to try starting the TJ with it in uh, in low and see and see what it feels like. Um, but uh, that's an interesting question. Yeah, the uh, the two thirty one uh, transfer case is uh, two seventy two to one, so a little bit better than two point four. I mean, and do you do you pull the fuse for the fuel pump, and so that it won't actually fire over, and you just run no, you with want the it start? to fire over. I mean, <laughs> that's 
I, it just it seems slightly counterintuitive, and I can I can heel toe with the best of them, so I it seems like a non-issue for right. me. But I also have like size 13, right. 14 shoes, so I don't, maybe it's I'm just it's easier for me. But that's how my son Josh and I mean you you got to see his the nineteen forty six CJ two A. It's completely bone stock, and uh, he learned how to drive with uh, heel toe. I mean, and he, and you saw him, and he started yeah. building his Jeep when he was fourteen years old. He's seventeen. He, I mean, he went over everything that everyone else did, and uh, because his is a six bolt, he can't he start it because the six volt starter doesn't have enough rear end to to turn yeah, that little motor over and to yeah. uh, to go. Yeah. So yeah, I mean he. Absolutely. I mean, to, to do a heel toe is is a thing. Yeah. Oh, I think you have to yep. learn that, and it's not just jeeps either. I mean, anytime you're on a, an incline uh, with a uh, with a, a car, even uh, you learn that heel toe. You need an extra leg. Uh, really? Didn't Didn't you say, uh, Chuck? Didn't you say something about you have a, a hand throttle that uh, helps you with that third leg thing? Yeah. Yeah. So what? <laughs> <laughs> easy with a third leg this is yeah. where the show goes downhill folks or right? uphill <laughs> yeah it only goes up um yeah so what what i did is so in the older flat fenders a hand throttle is is stock comes in the dash right next to the hand clutch or not not the hand clutch but the hand choke so what i did in my rock crawler is where my first gear is i just put a cable right through the dash so I can reach up with my two fingers and actually put the accelerator up or down, you know, on or off, and then use my right foot as the brake, my left foot as the clutch. And then I did that also with the scrambler. Now, the scrambler is a little bit different because I have my onboard welder that I have set up. And the onboard welder, you have to have a hand throttle that you can actually oh. hold in place, stay there for a long time. Yeah, raise the RPM. But yeah, hand throttles. Hand throttle. Yeah, they raise the RPM. Hand throttles have been around forever. A lot of people used to use brake cables for a bicycle you yeah. know yeah and you put was, it on i was thinking i saw a couple of those on, on yj's in the past where you know yeah you just right. a little bicycle cable and the lever off of uh, off the frame and and I, there you go just zip tie that thing or you know a uh, band clamp I, it to the to the stick and uh and you're and you're off and running you know i just realized we have some I, listeners I, going wow i never even thought about that so exactly. this is good information to, to have and, and the, I, and I the bonus thing is thing is that we got more uh some more ideas coming up in uh, in our voicemails uh for about this clutch stuff what where's the noob 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 hey newbie newbie noob nugget it's time for newbie nuggets well, when you first drive your Jeep, it's pretty similar to your regular daily driver on a highway until you decide to go off-road and you come to an obstacle. Now, here in Big Bear, we don't have simple rocks to climb or basic obstacles. Rocks tend to be spread out into one long, continuous obstacle. Now, being new, it was hard for me to comprehend the line I needed to pick and the way the Jeep would handle the terrain. This is where a good spotter comes in. Now, I'm going to break this segment into three different parts. Um, including talking about picking your lines, so you can put these three episodes together to help when you wheel. You can also review past episodes 428, 433, and 466 if you can't wait for the next show. Now, using a spotter is essential for newbies for getting through the more difficult obstacles. You are gaining all kinds of nuggets on how your Jeep navigates through the obstacles, and you're learning how to feel and understand what your Jeep is doing while climbing over an obstacle. Now, hopefully, you have spatial awareness of your Jeep's width and length. A good spotter has some great qualities, and I've discovered not all are created equal. 
I was fortunate to have my husband Bill as my first spotter. His entire life of off-roading and jeeping gave me confidence that he would keep me on the right line and get me through the obstacle, giving me a solid foundation of what to do and how to do it. Now, one of the most valuable qualities of a good spotter is being patient and calm. This allows you, the driver, to also remain calm and get through the obstacle with ease. A good spotter gives good and clear commands. This may seem obvious, but I've seen all kinds of weirdness out there from double commands to yelling, especially husbands to wives, <laughs> to, to, to giving the wrong commands to you name it. Now, as the driver, you decide who will spot you. It's your choice to use a spotter or not, and it's your choice to choose who you will spot you through. If you feel more comfortable with your significant other, like I did, then it's your choice. If you want to use someone else in the group, then do it. And narrow it down to one, not three. That gets very confusing. Now, there are some things you should be aware of that will help you when using a spotter. A spotter is essentially an extra set of eyes to guide you over an obstacle that you won't be able to see once you start your movement and you're on top of the rocks. The spotter's job is to help you line up for that obstacle. Now, this may include having you back up several times so that the rear tires align in the way that they want you to proceed with. Follow their directions. It may seem strange to you at the time, but they can see things you cannot. Now, once spotting begins, pay attention. So many times I see this. We get someone lined up only to have them stop paying attention, stick their head out the window, and do their own thing. As hard as it may be, don't take your eyes off the spotter. They are there to help you. You want to stick with that spotter till you're through the obstacle. Their job is to guide you over that obstacle and help you navigate through. I see this all the time. Jeep gets partway through and the driver thinks they are clear, stops watching the spotter, and guess what? Usually their rear tires slip off the rock because they turn too early, and they are now balancing on their drive shaft or something else. Well, then it's just fun for the spotter to try to figure out how to get them back on track. <laughs> or worse, we're pulling a winch line or getting a strap. Now, there should only be one spotter. You may experience multiple people trying to help you through an obstacle at the same time. We all love to help, don't we? However, you need to listen or watch one spotter at a time. And it's okay for you to ask for just one person to help. I've seen experienced drivers getting through a tough spot and everyone is, quote, helping by giving commands. And the driver finally says, I need one spotter. There is nothing wrong with asking for just one person to guide you. And those of you helping to spot a newbie, make sure you are the only one giving the direction. Now, in spotting, there are some commands that you should be aware of. Some spotters use verbal commands and others use nonverbal commands. Both have pros and cons. I tend to prefer the nonverbal that I'll explain in next week's episode. So let's start with verbal commands. These are probably the most commonly used. You can look up any YouTube video and find all kinds of verbal commands given at almost any obstacle in this country. It seems that most people are good at speaking their directions and most of the time drivers listen. But sometimes the verbal commands can get lost in translation, especially if a newbie isn't familiar with what the spotter actually wants them to do. The tone of their voice and patience is important here for the newbie. Verbal commands can be misinterpreted, not heard, and or confusing. Verbal commands can also lend themselves to allow the driver to look away from the spotter while they wait for the next verbal command. <clears throat> now, there are a few general examples of verbal commands that are most often used. Things like driver or turn driver, which usually means turn your wheels toward the driver's side. You'll hear the word passenger or turn passenger, which means turning toward the passenger side. 
You might hear the word easy, which could be easy on the throttle or brake. Control your rear. Basically, when you're coming off an obstacle, slow down, ease the back end off the rock so you don't bounce off the bumpers. And stop. Very important for you to stop and freeze if you hear this command. You may have no idea what is about to happen if you don't stop. Now, the issue I have with verbal commands is that for you, the newbie, and frankly, any driver, you may not understand exactly how much driver to turn or exactly what does easy mean. Now, once you wheel for a bit and have several obstacles under your belt, you'll kind of get a feel for what those verbal commands mean. But as a spotter, being able to communicate to the driver exactly what I need them to do is important to the newbie's success. For all of you listeners that help spot, think about your verbal commands and try to limit the words and comments so that the newbie driver can get the most out of the experience. This is especially true if husbands are helping their wives or significant others through. Sometimes the men men are from Mars and women from Venus shows up and all kinds of verbal communication start to happen. I know I've been at major obstacles and watched the frustration from a driver when the spotter loses patience and starts overcorrecting or yelling the commands. This is clearly not the way to help a newbie through. Patience is key. Next week, I'll continue the series on using a spotter with nonverbal commands and sharing my favorite method of spotting. So guys, I know I'm kind of splitting this topic up into three parts, but do you have anything to add to this week's information and using verbal communication when spotting? Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> I knew yeah. you would. So, oh, I'm sorry. And don't don't say anything that she's going to have in the next part. That's the other the other qualification right, of that. Right. No, so... so there, there, <laughs> Thank you, Tony. There, I, I've, I've, I've actually got a couple things. So when you're talking about verbal commands and stuff, I mean, there's, yeah. there's certainly... Uh, a wide plethora of, of commands that, yes. that are, are going to come out of your spotter. Um, <laughs> those are, are certainly are certainly a lot of them um, uh, the, the most common, the most commonly used and whatnot. And if you're ever in a position where you're going to be spotting somebody else, please do not use the words left or right. Yes. You always, always, <laughs> always. Thank you. Need to, no, I meant your other left, my left. No, yes. I, not the cheapest. Oh, yeah, I'm used, yeah. Yeah. So always driver, <laughs> always passenger, always, always, always. Yeah. So, um, but you, you raised the question, like how much driver or how much spotter? There's a term that I, that I, that I will frequently use called full lock. And, and that's yes. where you are taking yeah. it all the way to one side until the steering wheel, it, it's, it basically hits the bump stops. You know, it's, it's all the way to full lock. You're locking that steering wheel all the way to one side. Um, and not like a steering wheel lock, like you turn the ignition off and leave. <laughs> you know, we're not talking like that, but, not generally. but essentially, you know, all, all the way, um, you know, bump it. Is, is something that I, I will frequently use uh, oh, sure. when I just need a little bit of a, uh, just a little bump of that throttle. We're mm-hmm. not trying to get wheel spin, but we're trying to get a, a blast of torque uh, to try and, and just get the HP up to where you can possibly get that Jeep moving. And in, yeah. That, yeah. and in that spirit, another term that I use a lot when spotting is carry your momentum. Because a lot of Jeepers, especially new Jeepers, they'll get over an obstacle and that's it. And it's like, oh, I made it. And they let yeah, off the gas, and, they and let I'm off. here yeah. now. And it's yep, no, yep. You, you know, you've, you've just put yourself into a worse position because now you've made it through that part of the obstacle, but now you're in a worse position because you've stopped on the other side of it, and you really needed to carry your momentum through that so that you, so the, the momentum of the Jeep, the weight and, and all that kinetic energy and everything can transfer through the rest of that obstacle or through the rest of the trail or however that, that particular section is, is laid out. Um, and so that's, I mean... the there's obviously a lot more to this. We can go on and on and on, but those are like the three sort of other main type of terminologies that I would use 
in in verbal commands with spotting. Now, one the one other thing that I wanted to um, to breach on was you know picking your spotter and and how you know uh, it's okay for if you've got three people barking directions at you like you know hey I want you require a certificate make them show you a certificate of authenticity i've been in a position to where there's only been one person up on the hill giving me direction and they effing suck yeah i know it's like i'm i'm in my third fourth fifth try on this give you know listening to you and i know my gut my butt my balls and everything are telling me that i need to take a different line because this isn't working this isn't exactly what i kind of was intending to do but i'm listening to you Mm-hmm. And you're supposed to be able to get me through this trail, but you're a freaking asshat and you're yeah. not helping me out here. And and so I've, I've there's oh, been no. times where, yeah, listening yeah. to your spotter is what you need to do. But and here but, comes it comes this. It's a slippery slope because, it you know, making that call to not listen to your spotter is one of those things that can only come with a lot of experience and seat time. Well, I mean, you Correct. can do that at any time, though. I mean, your pilot in command, you can choose to do whatever the hell you want to do. You don't have to listen yeah. to that spotter. Correct me if I'm okay. wrong, well, uh, Wendy. No, actu- actually, what I'm trying to say to the newbies is when you're starting out and going with it, utilize these people. You're going to find the good ones. You're going to find the bad ones. But what I, yeah. what I always see is when someone says, I need help. But then they don't let me finish the help. Yeah. So then they get stuck, and then I got to get them unstuck. Right. So it's more about, and I see what you're talking about, Josh. If you, if I always talk about people getting out of the Jeep, go look at the obstacle, go see how that yeah. spotter's doing. If that yeah. spotter's getting every single person stuck, even if you're a newbie and you think you can do a better job, say, I don't need you. Thank you. And you can ignore them and do your yeah. own thing. But okay, if good. you use a spotter and you're going through it, whatever's happening, maybe you, the driver, did uh, put too much gas on it or you didn't follow directions exactly or the communication wasn't clear. You still got to stick with it to try to get that experience. But I do hear you. There's times, Josh, where we've done that. I'm like, I am not using that person. Thank you very much. So <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me go to the other side of that same exact coin. And let's say you you come up to another group or something like that, and you yourself, Wendy, are witnessing somebody just butchering a spot yes. job. Yep. How do you step in? How do you take control? There's got to be a situation? hand signal for that. Yeah, there is. <laughs> it's usually involving it one uh, finger. I'm guessing. But, yeah. Well, no, you know what, Josh? Th- this is a really good point. So. Me being a woman, I'm not getting into a future episode. So that's no, no, no. You're not. You're not actually. But you know, me being as a woman, it's a very delicate dance that I have to do because I have experience. I can get people through. I see the line. I see what the guy's doing or the girl's doing wrong. I see the frustration on the driver. So what I've done is I will just kind of get myself a little bit closer. And then as I see problems, eventually that spotter turns around and he's like, I don't know what to do. And it's like, hey, can I can I make a suggestion? That's the words I use. I don't say, hey, I can help. Or, Get I'm the good. hell out of the way. I, I say, <laughs> you know, can I make a suggestion? If that guy's got an ego, he is not going to he's not going to want to hear from me. If he's OK with me, then I will go ahead and say, hey, you know, this is my suggestion. So that's how I would step in. But sometimes it's so bad, you just have to walk away, Josh. You know you've been there. You've seen yep. the same thing. You're just right. like, oh, I'm going to watch the carnage because it's just going to be really bad. So how yeah, about I'm, you, Chuck? I'm, Any comment? I, I, don't really, I don't really have a lot of experience jeeping with a lot of big groups. You know, I, I did most of my jeeping by myself or with my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can tell you that at the, the 50th annual Capital City Mountain Goat um, I think it was like a heritage run or something. They did a timed event. And what they did is they put two people in a vehicle and the driver was blindfolded. 
and the passenger <laughs> had to tell the driver how to get through the, the how to get through the thing. Jeez. And it, it was That's timed, you know. Another it, definition of spotting. <laughs> Right. Well, I mean, that's this is exactly what we're talking about, right? Yes, the driver cannot see them. They're 100% blind. Now, mm -hmm. I can tell you this. The first go iteration, my brother was the driver and I was the passenger, right? Well, my brother's older than me. He didn't listen to me at all. And it mm -hmm. took forever mm -hmm. to get through this thingy. You know, we'll say it was a 15-minute you know, deal and it took us forever, you know? Mm -hmm. And then after we waited for a bunch more people, I was the younger brother and naturally I was listening to my brother at the time. He's four years older than me. Naturally, he knows more, right? So when I got in the vehicle, he knew the Jeep well because we both, he had a 1973 CJ5 and a 1974 CJ5. We both knew everything about our rigs. So what he would tell me is, for every driver, I say, you're going to turn your wheel a quarter. For every mm -hmm. passenger, I say, you're going to turn your wheel back to the passenger side a quarter turn. That's it. And we went through that thing and ended up beating everybody. Yeah, and they actually said, fun. oh, you guys were cheating. You can see this. And I said, no, there's trust. That is I right. trusted my big brother to tell me, and he knew my rig. Yeah. So now we're going to fast forward to today, right? And I have this really small scrambler, very, very narrow, and it's much different than the gladiator say we'll say the, the tony's giant gladiator yeah. i mean that thing's an f-150 mm -hmm. and i've got this little go-kart right you cannot spot them the same i am no you cannot not going to trust that person that's up there because you don't know my jeep now it's a little different because i've been wheeling my whole life and i have a completely different mentality when it comes to teaching people how to jeep and i liken it to this I taught BRM while I was here as a section sergeant and platoon sergeant. Now, BRM is basic rifle marksmanship. And I would take brand new soldiers and I would teach them how to shoot anywhere from 25 meters to 300 meters consistently. Mm -hmm. And the first thing that I would do is I'd take a 30-round magazine and I'd give it to the individual and I said, okay, shoot downrange. And they say, sergeant, what am I shooting at? And I said, yes, downrange. Well, I don't understand, sergeant. I said, just kneel down, lay down, stand up, whatever you want to do. I said, just pull the trigger. And what they found out is after 30 rounds or maybe one iteration or two iterations, they no longer were afraid. Now when they know, okay, I don't have to be afraid of this weapon, now you start teaching them. So now we fast forward to my sons, right? And I, I had to teach both of them how to, how to wheel out here on the ranch. I let them both get stuck. You just let them screw up. Nathan, he grenaded my transmission on my CJ5. Now I understand that's a little, little excessive, but once they got through that thing, that they were so afraid of, and now they understand, well, you can get yourself out. There's really not that much that's catastrophic out there. You can always get your way out if you are around other people that know how to do it or eventually you know how to do it. Then it's now they're going to start listening because they're mm -hmm. not so worried about breaking something or getting stuck. Who cares if you get stuck? There's another yeah. Jeep here. We can pull you out, go backwards. You got a winch or you don't have a winch or we can gather rocks or whatever. And then and that individual becomes relaxed just like I was with my brother, right? Because I was the little brother. I was with him. I trusted him. I was relaxed and I listened and it was fluid and everything was fine. And that's what yeah. I've always found out when it comes to communication out there on the trail is if the person is really nervous, let them screw up. Let them screw up. Oh, okay. No. See, now we got you out. It's no big deal. So maybe on that episode or that that little thingy, they, they were worried about it. But on the next one, they're going to be like, eh, we already made it through this past one. It's going to be okay. Yeah, that's my that's, two cents of it, at least. Very yeah, good, that's something good. I like to do with newbies is when we're working with them is saying, what's the worst that can happen? Because I know they're on a trail they're not going to get hurt on, you know. Right. And I'll just right. say, if if we pick the wrong line, you back up and re-stab it. Like, what's the big deal? 
And it's right. You're right, Chuck. That takes that pressure off of people. So I think it's just communication when you're spotting. I'm right. I mean, there's no, there's nobody on this show that hasn't, you know, blown a bead, screwed something up. Maybe not Tony, but nope, you know, me. I mean, so all of us have screwed <laughs> something up. We've, we've all got flat yes. tires. You know, we've broken a, you know, a, a whatever. We've all run out of gas. Yeah, and and you know, oh, and you had geez. to have your buddy pull you out, and then of course they gave you shit until they had to get pulled out, and then you gave yeah, them shit until you know the other fine. guy, you know, John yeah. had to get pulled out or or whatever. And that is. And once they get over that, oh my God, I don't, I, I got to be perfect. No one's going to make fun of you. And those people that are making fun of you, well, screw them, people. We'll leave them on the trail. You know, <laughs> <laughs> leave no man behind except. except so I'm looking uh, forward yeah. to a future story from Chuck about how he blindfolded the privates whenever he was teaching them how to shoot and learn <laughs> learning how to shoot from trust. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you have a topic or suggestion for newbie nuggets? I'm always willing to hear from you. And don't forget to check out our YouTube channel on Trails 411. we got lots of great information for you. Hey, this is Roger. So I just got done listening to one of your episodes, and then you were talking about the clutch safety switch, otherwise known as the interlock, clutch interlock. Uh, I know, yes, on the TJs, there's a fuse that can be moved over in order to bypass that. On the JKs, there is not an option, to my knowledge, to bypass that uh, interlock switch with a fuse. Although, there is another method to be able to do it. On a manual shift JK, um, the interlock is no longer a two-wire interlock like it was in the older models. Uh, and in the older models, uh, older models like, like TJ's, the two wires were basically just to know that the clutch pedal was pressed down. In JK's with a standard shift and cruise control, it's a three-wire model, or it's a three-wire plug because it actually uh, it actually looks for position of down pedal and up pedal. Uh, down pedal for starting, up pedal for cruise control, which is why if you have your cruise control on and you tap your clutch pedal, it kicks out your cruise control. So that the interlock on a on a manual shift JK is actually a three wire. There is a way. There's a couple ways of uh, bypassing it. I personally did it with a double pull, double throw switch. In other words, the switch which sticks, uh, sticks little. Well, that's on. really cool. I like where this is going. And uh, this goes on for a little while. Roger has a lot of great information to share because he called in four times. Oh, <laughs> wow. That's dedication. This was, there's, that's there's dedication. More to that, but, uh, yeah. but that, that explains that. Now, I'm maybe crapping on Roger's point here, but it sounds like he's talking about two completely different systems, and yours on the TJ, you were able to just utilize using a fuse plugged into the into the spot. Well, he's talking you about also could add a switch was, from the TJ, because all the fuse is just being a, a, a con- conductive uh, source, I mean, a way for the, right. the signal that's to go plug, through. That's plug and play. He was talking about, you know, tapping into a three-wire system with, you know, double pull, double throw relays. And and stuff like that, you know. I mean, it, it's it's certainly a much different configuration. Oh, certainly, it's it's more complex, of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the great news yeah. is, we're going to have the entire voicemail after the show. So whenever oh, after we play the you know podcasting for 150 years, hang in there, and you can listen to the entire voicemail that Roger left us. I, I never like a cutting a voicemail, but at six minutes and 14 seconds. Uh, we're going to throw that at the end of the show. At least we're going to have it on here for everybody to listen to. It's a lot of really good information. Super Croc is yelling at his phone right now. <laughs> I call bullshit! <laughs> Gladiator. 
My name is Gladiator. Gladiators. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? Gladiator. Gladiator. So anyway, uh, the 2021 Jeep Talk Show Gladiator is now sporting a 16-inch, what do you guys call it, a good time radio? It's the AM, FM, uh, I don't know, I I guess uh, the the Sirius uh, radio uses, our receiver uses that same antenna. I don't have a dish on top, so I, I guess it must be. Uh, but anyway, the I think the stock antenna is like 31 inches, uh, and uh, so I wanted to get something that was long because of what I've told you guys before about uh, you need a good size antenna. The antenna is already too short uh, whenever it comes from the factory, so when you put a shorter antenna, uh, you're just uh, compromising your ability to receive uh, weak signals. And uh, but uh, I'll tell you why I went with this. It's the same reason why I went for with a shorter GMRS uh, antenna, or in my case, a two meter seventy centimeter antenna, is it doesn't hit the parking garage signs when I drive through now. Oh. So now with the that's the, not happening. The GRS, yeah. What's Wait, a, what's an office the antenna, garage? The antenna was the high point on that Jeep. It was over six feet high, and it was hitting uh, at least the signs that, that that hang down and tell you That's that it's awesome. six feet. Yeah, so it would slap the thing. So fortunately, it wasn't slapping the the rafters. If what do you call what do you call those things, Chuck? You know construction, the concrete thing, the I beams. I think they're called concrete things. Yeah, concrete things. So <laughs> it was. It, it, fortunately, it wasn't it wasn't so yeah, high that it was slapping thingy. those concrete I uh, beams. But uh, it was slapping the signs and stuff. And I said, you know, I really don't need that long of antenna. I've got it in the Gladiator. So if I want to screw it on there for additional uh, receive and transmit range, I can. I can. And now I can do the same thing with the, the Good Time Radio. Uh, it just, uh, it, the little 16-inch thing it is the uh, KSA Auto 16-inch uh, antenna for Jeep Wrangler JKJL JKU and uh, JLU or the Gladiator JT 2007 through 2022. So... Uh, it sounds, uh, it, it, it seems to work just fine, uh, but like I told Josh in the past, as long as you're uh, close to that 50,000 watt radio station, it shouldn't make a difference. It's when you get out in the sticks or out there where uh, Chuck lives that you may have a problem with a shorter antenna. And it's half the size? Yeah, it's, a, it's actually a little a little more than half, but uh, it's really surprising how short the thing is. Uh, at least it's not one of those little bullet antennas where it li- li- literally looks like a 50 cal bullet. <laughs> yeah, those are done. So does it work? I mean, everything's fine. You can still play your radio and all that. Well, that's that's kind of the other thing. I listen to podcasts, so the only thing I got to receive is the Bluetooth signal from my phone to the the radio in the dash. So really, this is just more for an aesthetics for you. It's really just so it doesn't slap the the stuff while I'm driving in and out of the parking garage. Your wife is really happy that you're buying crap. <laughs> she's used to it, Chuck. I promise you, she's used to it. I mean, I mean, yeah, you don't need it. Just take the damn thing off. You'll be fine. Oh no, I couldn't do that. Uh, and I don't know. I don't know what the what the Sirius satellite uses. Uh, it has it, to it use an antenna. It does not use that antenna. I can absolutely one hundred and ten percent guarantee you. Uh, after spending many many years in the industry working on the first generation of uh, of all of that, that it it not only can't use it, but it doesn't use it. So I, I sent huh. you something for uh, in regards to the Gladiator, where the the factory location for the Sirius XM. Uh, satellite antenna is it is up on the cross member above you uh between the it's basically the, the b pillar cross member goes across the roof okay good i was a little That's concerned cool. about that 
But anyway, I, uh, I I do recommend that you go with a, a, a as large an antenna as you can uh, for uh, a reception. I did notice that I was not getting any AM broadcast uh, reception in the parking garage. Not that unusual. Uh, oh I yeah, think. I was going to say you're yeah. not going to yeah inside of something that's nothing but concrete and steel. I mean, you're basically inside of a tunnel. Yeah, I mean it's open on the ends. It's not like it's completely closed, but uh, so. Uh, but I didn't ever try it with the uh, the full size antenna. And again, I always recommend keeping the the full size antennas with you, so that you can if you can store them in a good place, so that if you need to get like an emergency emergency you need situation, to get out of the vehicle quickly and whip somebody senseless. That you have that <laughs> right. tool to do it with. Oh, give me a switch. No, give, give, give me the, the antenna. Yeah. Give me the antenna. Yeah. You're going to leave some marks. Money. Why do you waste money? <laughs> you waste so much money. <laughs> hey, uh, when I buy a, a, a Holly, uh, what is what is that thing that you bought for your scrambler that you couldn't make work? Uh, I, I make that yes. stuff work or I find somebody. <laughs> so don't yes. talk to me about wasting money. <laughs> <laughs> eh, whatever. That's what I thought. Why did you become a paid subscriber to the Jeep Talk Show? I love the show. I've listened to you guys free for, I don't know, years now. And I figure I'd time to give back. You can be a paid subscriber and help support the show you love, the Jeep Talk Show. It'll just uh, help help the show out. And, and then in the end, it'll be Jeep Talk Show in my ear holes, you know? Just go to JeepTalkShow.com and look for the big yellow subscribe button. It'd be nice to give back to uh, so that you guys can continue on. Because if they love the show, then why shouldn't you, why shouldn't you give back just a little bit. Kind of disappointed having received a phone call from Tony. Two drawings today. I entered both. I'm sure I won. I just got to keep waiting patiently for that phone call from Tony. Tony, you're going to call me. I, I know that. I'm waiting for that phone call. I'm available now. Sometimes at work I can't answer. So <laughs> before you get the show started, give me a call. I can claim that. You can go ahead and air it this week. Thanks, Tony. Look for the phone call soon. Keep talking to Get up. I so love it. Get up. <laughs> so you know Travis knows me well enough that I would just call him and screw with him. Yes, exactly. Oh, he better be Which careful what he's... anyway. <laughs> yes, I was going to say, he better be careful what he's asking for. Travis, he Tony's going to call you, all right? He would love it either way. So I mean... Like every other week, just make it a, a thing. Like every Wednesday, just call him. Hey, Travis. <laughs> Travis, guess what? I'm just calling to let you know. You didn't, you didn't win. win. You still <laughs> didn't win. But, but keep think. trying, buddy. Keep trying. Love that positive attitude. Yeah. <laughs> Good times. Good times. Oh, Speaking of a positive attitude. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And in episode 634, you mistakenly mentioned the multiverse <laughs> and yes i nikki g has traveled through the multiverse of course he has and i have collected an infinite amount of nikki g's i would now like to play a clip from that meeting hey this is nikki g and i'm calling to ask why did the chicken cross the road because of the other sandwich yes that is correct an infinite amount of nikki g's telling an infinite amount of jokes all with different punchlines. But that's not why I'm calling. Of course. I'm calling to ask, do you think it's possible that there is a universe where cats are captioning pictures of humans? 
<laughs> that also goes with your super trooper comment. Meow, boys and girls. I'll <laughs> meow at you later. <laughs> meow. Oh, gee whiz. Well done, That's, Nikki G. Well done. That is a great question, Nikki G. Great question. Meow. Uh, Radio, right in the wave. Hey, guys, do you remember uh, you did the interview with Stopper, the tornado geek? I seem to recall it started with a push-button remote start in gear crawled out of the garage. I can tell you I do it on my CJ5 on occasion. I've done it on a CJ7 as well. It is useful. I mean, it is nice to be able to start uphill in gear without having to do the, the pedal dance. <laughs> Have a good one, guys. Bye. I, I had forgotten all about that. He was right because uh, I right. remember the stomper yeah. owner was concerned about the tornado possibly making it where he couldn't get his Jeep out. So he left it in low and uh, set it so that he could basically uh, uh, drive it out without actually having to be in it. And, like in from underneath in a, a collapsed garage. Exactly. I mean, yeah. Imagine your garage being just leveled and the Jeep still inside of it. He remote started that Jeep in for low. And it j- basically just drove out of the wreckage by itself. I mean, it was amazing. Wow. I actually still have that. I, I still have a shirt from that interview uh, from, wow. from that because he had a, uh, I don't know, it was a charity or something like that because uh, he, he then used that Jeep to help out the, like, the entire neighborhood, pulling out other people's vehicles. And, and it was and, his parents' neighborhood, too. It wasn't even his neighborhood. So that's wow. absolutely no, cool. It was an amazing, amazing interview. And, uh, and I, had to get, I had to get behind that, uh, that, that, that whole cause and everything. So I bought the T-shirt and everything. It's still one of my favorite cheap shirts sitting in this closet. So that was uh, Brian Hutton uh, and Stomper. Basically, the, his, uh, his Rubicon, orange Rubicon, was, uh, was totaled. And uh, the Jeep community took it upon themselves. Uh, what was the, it was the Moore, Oklahoma uh, tornado? Uh, we forgot to mention that the F five okay. tornado that uh, devastated that uh, Moore, Oklahoma, uh, so horribly. I, I hope I'm remembering the name of the place right. Anyway, that was uh, episode eighty five. Uh, I was going to say that was June twenty fifth, twenty thirteen. Twenty thirteen. That was like more than two years ago so it was a long time ago episode 85 listen to it it's a it's a nice long interview too before we started yeah. doing the shorter ones you heard that one didn't you chuck at least uh at some point uh the the stomper story you know what we're talking about uh probably while i was driving the the semi back west, or actually it had been the the truck back west mm-hmm. my dad that's what i was thinking yeah well jeeper this is the super bright led tail light from genrite off-road and they call it the Matrix. It was designed from the ground up to provide you with a reliable, easy to install, and durable tail light solution. It features a rugged aluminum housing that will take serious off-road abuse, just like all of Genrite's products. And it's IP69K certified to pretty much resist all weather conditions. I mean, we're talking dust storm, Category 5 hurricane, these lights will still work. This five-function light handles brake lights, running lights, turn signals, reverse lights, and side marker lights all in one single unit. Designed to be a direct bolt-on replacement for the stock taillights on a CJ, a YJ, a TJ, and an LJ, and your JKs and JLs and JTs too, but you will require an additional bezel for them. We do have a winner. Tonight's winner is... I didn't win these? I kind of like <laughs> it. Actually, the winner is Josh N. Mudman084. Josh is a pretty dang good, nice guy. And thanks to Tony at genright.com for this great giveaway. 
Congratulations, Mudman. He was very excited. And uh, I, th- I can't remember. I think I asked the Zoom people when they first got here. Uh, didn't he have an XJ? <laughs> I said, no, he's got a JK. I thought he did. Yeah, I thought he did too. <laughs> but, you know, you can make it work. <laughs> Not all Joshes have XJs. Come on, guys. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we have a plethora. We have a lot of Joshes associated with the show now. <laughs> we sure do. Congratulations, Josh. That's amazing. Yeah, that's pretty cool. They're actually very good looking. I did look them up too because I thought I got CJs. These are nice. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Yeah. I might get a set of those for my wife's DJ. Hello, Tony, Josh, Wendy. It's Mike then. So I just finished listening to the episode 635, and I wanted to let you know why I became a paid Sugar Daddy subscriber. Ooh. It was mainly for the Jeep Talk Show Trail Badge. I figured it would be a conversation starter, and I have to lead by example, right? Yep. Uh, besides, $100 a year is, what, less than $9 a month? So um, Jeep Talk Show has been my podcast while I'm heading to work and home which is 40 miles one way, Ooh. but uh, I just got to the traffic. I'm being transferred to a new location, so uh, I'll be driving eight miles to work. Oh, so wow. Lucky bastard. Huge, uh, gas savings and gas. Um, so before I spend the extra money, I wanted to share the good news to you guys, and uh, so you can continue entertaining all cheapers for free. And by the way, I'm still considering myself a rat bastard. Uh, oh, and don't forget, Amen. everyone, uh, Jeep Talk Show is still accepting applications to become an infectious agent. So just go to jeeptalkshow.com, hit the shop button, purchase your toe tags and rats from Amazon, and presto, you're an agent. See you guys on the trail. So Mike Zinn didn't say it, but I, I, I feel this is something that he, he wants to say. The reason why he only has an eight-mile drive now is because he became a paid subscriber. Yes, it was the exactly. it was the good karma that uh, led to him oh. his benefiting uh, in I, that I, way. I know exactly <laughs> the 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 emotions that Mike Zen is going through right now he because smiled. I myself for 15 years dang near had a 40 mile from one door to another commute one way across several freeways always through rush hour it was a minimum of 45 minutes in the morning and an hour and a half every afternoon oftentimes yep. longer. And and it was just it was brutal. That's like sixty uh, miles round trip uh, every that's, day. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what he's been dealing with. Yeah, from so, where he lives Matt. to where he yeah. works, that's the, the drive is forty and minutes. When I was is, is longer. when I was driving my Jeep uh, to work as a daily driver every day, I mean it was four hundred bucks a month in gas, and and I was just like, dude, I can't do this anymore. I mean, it's like I've got to figure something else out. And this thing is just hemorrhaging money for me. I've got to, I've got to do something. So Mike, <laughs> that and, brings and now, in the Honda now, story. <laughs> and now I'm, yeah, I know that's a whole nother chapter. It's a whole nother book. I should write a coffee table book. Seriously. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but nonetheless, Mike, now I'm working and living in the same zip code. I cannot tell you how awesome it is to be able to like go home for lunch if I want to, uh, on, on some days, if I've got, you know, some running around to do and things like that. I don't know if you're going to have that kind of an opportunity or not, but I, I know what it feels like to go from a 40-mile commute to a less than 10-mile commute, and it is awesome. Congratulations, and thank you for your subscription. Yeah, and thanks for being an infectious agent, Mike. I know you're very active he's out here in Southern one. California. Yeah, and he's still doing it, and he's active here in Southern Cal, so That's I love rad. it. Thank you, Mike. Thank love you, Mike. Mike's yeah, and, and with that uh, that $100 uh, paid uh, uh, membership that he got, he also ordered some more toe tags. So he's continuing on uh, spreading the disease as uh, we want uh, the Jeep Talk as Show to do. Top infectious agent. <laughs> yes, he's, he's, he's got the one. 007 mark right there. Yes, right? he yeah. does. <laughs> <laughs>
Hey, coming up next week, we're going to be doing an interview with Tara Thompson of Dixie Four-Wheel Drive. And if you're not aware, our interview episodes are now on Thursday. And that's that's Thursday. all. That it, yeah, Thursday. It's And that's all it is. Uh, there's none of this yapping and stuff before you get to it. Well, there's a little yapping, but not like the like we had. Uh, just usually Chris and I uh, having a little chat before and after the uh, uh, the interview. Uh, so you kind of get right to the interview, and uh, we have got uh, several great comments for uh, uh, Tony Pellegrino from Genride. His interview. If you missed that one, uh, go back a few episodes and catch it. I think you'll enjoy it. Matrix. Okay, Mister Keister here. I can't believe you didn't tell me you were bringing me on the show as a new host. You know, I just thought you guys blocked me forever. And, uh, yeah, you could have warned me. Like, I got stuff I got to do before I, I, I come on. So someone call me back. Okay. Hashtag you talk show. People are freaking out. Matrix? What the hell is he talking about? <laughs> So does this mean I'm free to go back to doing what I want to do, or do I have to stay? <laughs> oh, no. no. You lost the bet. you got to stay. You, locked in you, for at least a few episodes. That's exactly right. You're locked in now. Yeah. So he was uh, he was calling in for that uh, that Matrix taillight, and uh, we get a lot of that now. It's 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 really cool. If you give people a reason to uh, th- that they want to call in for, then they'll add other stuff to it. But we need to get mm-hmm. people just calling in anyway, even when there's not that's a giveaway. I've, I've, I've put out that call to action in in, uh, in shows past where it's like, hey, let's you know, call, engage with the show, call our 24-7 yes. voicemail line. Literally, nobody answers that. There's not a phone that rings no. or anything like that. It's just a voicemail yep. line. So if you're three in the morning, last calls happened, and, and you're on the taxi ride home, <laughs> all the better. <laughs> By all means, give us a call and, yes. and let us know how your night was. I mean, I think it would just be awesome. Drunk calling is the best. Yeah. <laughs> so you know what else is, is really great is uh, the Jeep Talk Show is doing four episodes a week now. And actually, one of them happens on Tuesdays as we record the episode live. We invite you, the Jeepers around the world, to join us around the world's biggest Jeeps roundtable. And, and it's for our roundtable episodes that we record live every Tuesday with you, the listeners, joining in on the action as we record the show. Sometimes we bring in industry experts to uh, have a little bit of Q&A action going on. Sometimes it's just a, a topic or a discussion or even a debate. We sometimes get a little heated discussions going in there. Somebody likes this. Somebody's on that side of the fence versus this. You know, all that kind of stuff. It's a great time. And we encourage you to join in on the fun. How can you do that? Well, you can actually find out how by joining in on our, new, on our newsletter. Sign up for the newsletter today, jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. There you will find a link that you can click and sign up for the Jeep Talk Show newsletter, which you will get one email a week for. It comes directly from us, no third-party action, we're not selling your information, and you're going to get a ton of information about what's happening on the show, who we're talking to, what we're giving away, and when, all the kind of inside information that you're looking for, how to join in on the fun, and of course, how to get the best action out of uh, our giveaways. So jeeptalkshow.com slash contact, sign up for the newsletter today, and think about joining in on next Tuesday's roundtable discussion. And it is a lot of fun. That roundtable is a blast. I love it. Well, Jeeper, looks like this episode of the Jeep Talk Show has come to the end of the trail. But we've got another episode coming up right around the corner. Until then, be sure you're telling somebody else about the Jeep Talk Show every day. Even better if it's a stranger. And as always, thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast.
You know, if she ain't covered in filth and leaking all over the place, then you haven't driven her hard enough. I'm talking about the deep, of course. Hey, this is Roger. So I just got done listening to one of your episodes, and then you were talking about the clutch safety switch, otherwise known as the interlock, clutch interlock. Uh, I know, yes, on the TJs, there's a fuse that can be moved over in order to bypass that. On the JKs, there is not an option, to my knowledge, to bypass that uh, interlock switch with a fuse. Although, there is another method to be able to do it. On a manual shift JK, um, the interlock is no longer a two-wire interlock like it was in older models. Uh, and in the older models, uh, older models like, like TJ's, the two wires were basically just to know that the clutch pedal was pressed down. In JK's with a standard shift and cruise control, it's a three-wire model, or it's a three-wire plug because it actually uh, it actually looks for position of down pedal and up pedal. Uh, down pedal for starting, up pedal for cruise control, which is why if you have your cruise control on and you tap your clutch pedal, it kicks out your cruise control. So that the interlock on a, on a manual shift JK is actually a three-wire. There is a way, there's a couple ways of uh, bypassing it. I personally did it with a double pull, double throw switch. In other words, it's a switch with six, uh, six little prongs on it, uh, and it's a way of, uh, I basically take, there's three wires, a green wire, a yellow wire, and a black wire, and the black wire is the ground. I forget which one's up and which one's down, uh, the yellow wire or the green wire, but when the pedal's down, essentially, or when the pedal's in one position, the black wire makes contact with either the green or the yellow, and it's in the other position, it makes contact with the other wire. So it ground it sends a sends a ground signal or it grounds out either one of those two wires. Uh, what with using with using a double pull double throw switch, uh, it allows me to basically flip those wires. So if I press the switch, uh, it, it, instead of grounding out one wire, it grounds out the other wire, think making the jeep think that the pedal is down, which allows me to start it without pushing the clutch in. I personally did it for a remote start that I installed on a manual shift, and that's a whole other thing because I know a lot of people complain about that and think that it's a bad thing to do because of the dangers involved. But I'm the only one that ever drives my Jeep, and I, I already I, I put in a safety measure for myself to make sure it never happens, which is never park your vehicle in gear. That's the emergency brakes there for a reason. Anyways, so um, if you're at all interested, I do have a schematic kind of that I drew up of how I did it. Um, I could send it to you if you uh, wanted to text me back at this number asking for it. I can I can get it for you. Otherwise, hey, it's Roger again. Sorry I'm long-winded and I talked too long and your, your line hung up on me. But uh, I was going to also say that the one way of doing it is by with those wires and basically change, uh, changing which one it touches. The other way of doing it is if out on out in the engine bay, up along where the uh, the clutch pedal is, well, where where everything comes through the firewall, the interlock is actually attached to the side of the the clutch uh, master cylinder, I guess it would be, um, and it's not bolted or anything. It's just clipped on to the side of it. Uh, it's basically, I believe, it's a proximity sensor, and inside of the reservoir there must be a magnet that goes when it's 
when it's in one position, it senses it, and when it's in the other position, it senses it. Um, however, taking that thing off of there is easy. Putting it back on, you gotta be, you almost gotta be ambidextrous and, and a contortionist because it's a pain in the butt to get back on. But, with that being said, I haven't personally tried this, but I'm almost 100% sure it would work. You should actually also, if you were to take that off, you could also put a magnet, take a magnet and put it on either end of that uh, little rectangular, that rectangular piece that does the sensing, and that ultimately should also trigger that switch to think it's in one position or the other, allowing you to start it uh, without pushing in the clutch pedal. So that would be uh, potentially a way of doing it in a situation where you run into a once needed and not always needed. So anyways, again, if you have any, if, if you're curious about what I'm talking about or, or have already learned about it and I'm just re- repeating myself, have a good day. Appreciate your show. I enjoy listening to it. Later on. Bye. And it's Roger one last time. Uh, regarding that clutch interlock, I also forgot that uh, there is one other way of doing it. Uh, probably actually, the JK will start without the clutch if it's in for low. The only way is to, to do it without any other modifications is by putting the Jeep in for low. Because in for low, it'll start without the clutch. I believe they put that feature in there just for, for the purposes of off-roading. Anyways. That's the last thing I got. Have a good day. Bye. All right, so this is Roger one last time. I said that last time. Oh, well. So I continued listening to the episode, and I heard you guys talking about the remote start and whatnot, and also asking about why you would, what would be a good reason to have it so you could start it without pushing the question. I was always told, and I've always been under the understanding, it's for, like, if you're doing a water crossing and you stall it and the transmission's underwater, or if the water level's up high enough, you don't want to push in the clutch pedal because it allows water to get in, get in, to, in between, uh, in, up in the clutch. So that's what I've always been told, whether or not it's true or not. I just thought I'd voice that and let you know what I heard. Anyways, once again, have a good day. Bye.